know our theme, uh, we're going through the book of Ephesians and we're talking about spiritual exercises for healthy families. In fact, somebody raised the family Devo. I've got the Devo is in the bulletin. Where's the Devo? Raise it up. I don't know. Oh, here's a bulletin right here. Let me see your Devo. You can work it out. There's no Devo in here. Uh, there are some Devos. You get your family Devo and you work it out with the family. Go over this verse right here. I think the Devo is about this verse. Is that right? And so you get your family and you teach them about being brave and being strong and, and, and working it out spiritually and being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Uh, and let's, let's finish strong. In fact, next Sunday, this is not a reason for you to not be here. It's a reason for you to be sure and be here. I have a very special guest named Philip Thompson. is a, a long-term uh, pastoral friend of mine. I've preached in his conferences in Wapaka, Wisconsin. Uh, he's uh, also, uh, he's just a great guy. He, he, he actually, I may get him to, he couldn't tell you this story, but he and his whole family, he's a private pilot. He crashed his plane in the middle of the night uh, with all his family on board and they all walked away. This guy's my hero, I'm telling you. He's a great guy. You, you got to meet Philip Thompson. And so, he, and I told him months ago when, when I asked him to come, I said, you got to share with us uh, uh, from this theme. And so he already sent me his PowerPoint this morning. So he's pretty jazzed. So you be here. Let's keep working it out. Everybody say, working it out. Turning your Bible to the book of Ephesians, uh, just quickly, <clears throat> here's the exercises we've been through. The exercise of knowing, and that is the reality that uh, the Ephesians didn't know who they were in Christ. If you don't know, you can't grow. Somebody say, if you don't know, you can't grow. And then that next one was the exercise of sitting. Paul said he made us sit together in heavenly places. A lot of you like that idea. How can you exercise sitting? Talking about your position. And we said this, if you don't learn how to take your stand against your enemy, uh, if you want to remain seated, you got to learn to take your stand. And so, uh, hey, uh, if you missed all these, they're online. And then the exercise of fitting. In Ephesians 2, he says he, we're being fitted together. Uh, most people find a place where they fit. God finds a place and he chisels on us until we do fit. Everybody say hashtag chisel time. I don't know what that did, but they say it goes off into the stratosphere and multiplies or something. I don't know. So if you put a hashtag in front of something, something happens. So I hope something happens for you. Uh, and then we talked about the exercise of walking. There's five ways you walk in Ephesians. See if I can remember them. You walk in good works. You walk in love. You walk worthy of the calling wherein you're called. You walk in the light and you walk wisely or circumspectly. Okay, you got to walk it out. Everybody say walk it out. And then last week, OMG, if you missed last week, you've got to, you got to get online and you got to go to our iTunes or something. We talked about the exercise of loving. Oh, and Ephesians is full of the important insight about loving God and loving one another. I said this, without a divine connection to God and His family through faith, there is no capacity to comprehend the compassionate love that God has for His children. Okay, and so we get connected to God, we have faith, we love Him, and it'll make us love one another. And that's where we've been. Now, here's where we're going this morning. It's the exercise of working. How many of you worked hard this week? Whoo, man. Where's, uh, where's, uh, let's see, Mark. He was up in an attic this week. He's an electrician. You know, you're an electrician or, or Jeremy. He, he wires houses for a dish, right? That's what he's up in the, how many of you know that's some working right there? Uh, I used to do that when I was a young fella. Uh, and it's no fun. But uh, hey, we're talking about spiritual working in the kingdom of God. 
if you're in Ephesians, walk with me through these verses. I'm not going to give them as much ten- as attention as I want to, so you're going to have to work it out later. Ephesians 2.10, everybody look there. He says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Everybody say good works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We'll talk about that more. Look at Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. He says this, And he himself, that is God or Jesus himself, has given some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. Everyone say, that's us. In other words, he gave us spiritual leaders in the church for the equipping of the saints for the what? The work of ministry. Everyone say the work of ministry. And he goes on to say for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. And uh, now look down in verse 16. Uh, I wish I could have time to go through verse 13 through 15. But verse 16, from whom the whole body, speaking from Jesus, the head, Christ, the whole body joined, and now catch this, joined and knit together by what every joint or every part supplies, according to the what? Effective working by which every part does its share, it causes what? Growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. You see, it takes all of us working together, doing our part, and, 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 and working the work that God has for us in order for the body of Christ to begin to grow. I was so thrilled to see this team of Zoo Crew uh, just a few moments ago. I had never seen you all together. And, and you know, one of the big things in doing a project like that is always, uh, you know, volunteers. How many of you know the Bible says people volunteer freely in the day of His power? And so uh, it was great to see that, people working the work. There have been people working behind the scenes for months for Vacation Bible School to be a, an effective. Uh, and it, so it takes all of us doing our part. I think of Angela uh, Arnold. She w- had been on vacation, and, uh, and but she realized, hey, I've got to do my part. So a couple of months ahead, she began to design and, and do a lot of this that you see right here months out because she knew she couldn't be here on work days. And so, man, I love that. And, and so we're talking about working the work that God has for us. Uh, look in verse, mm, you, now you don't have to turn there. Ephesians 5.11, he just says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. How many of you know a lot of time we involve ourselves with unfruitful works that are really born from the dark side? How many of you know you're supposed to have a good uh, work ethic in life? But when you think about your life and the things you do, a lot of us work for things that are really of no value to God and man. Now we gotta, hey, if your man doesn't work, neither should he eat. I'm not talking about not being involved in a, and, and working the work that God has for us from the standpoint of how we earn a living. But I'm talking about a kingdom work ethic. That's what we're talking about today. God wants to build within all of us a kingdom work ethic where we realize, hey, we've got a kingdom to build. It's God's kingdom, God's church, but we are His laborers. We're co-laborers. Everyone say co-laborers. You know, when I was young, and that was a long time ago, we sang hymns, and I remember one old gospel hymn, and I can hear some little alto lady singing it in my head with a twangy voice, we'll work till Jesus comes, we'll work, till Jesus comes, we'll work, and then something be gathered home. You know, that's funny, but 
that's what Ephesians is all about. It says we were, were created for His work and He equips us. And that process will continue until we meet Him. We've got to be busy about the Father's business and develop a kingdom work ethic. Here's, here's Pastor Sam's kind of de- de- definition of a kingdom work ethic. Let's read it. Ah, can you see it all? You might not can see it all. I can see all of it back there. I'll read it for you and whatever you can see, you read. The determination of God for all of his children is to be is to harmoniously work the work we've been created by him to accomplish within the governance and guidance of a local body of believers for our greater good and God's ultimate glory let me read it again the determination of God for all of his children is to harmoniously work the work we've been created by him to accomplish within the governance and guidance of a local body of believers for our greater good and God's ultimate glory now, I was thinking this morning, in fact, some of my thoughts I share with my wife beforehand. I said, I, I, I ran in, she's getting ready. I said, hey, I, got, I had this idea, I had this thought. She says, what? She's blow drying her hair. I made her stop. I said, you know, a lot of people treat uh, church like going to the movies. They just want, they want to pay, pay a little price and go be entertained or emotionally touched. And, and churches become like the movies for them. Where they take, oh, it's like the movie. I'm be entertained. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, church is not the movies. I had three people tell everybody, everybody say this. Look at somebody and say, church is not the movies. It's just not the movies. There's work involved. Amen. There's effort. There's energy involved. And then I got to think, uh, a lot of people think of the church like the emergency room. Now, thank God for the emergency room. Did you know people abuse the emergency room? Where's my medical people? Uh, I got some med- I got some emergency room workers. How many of you know some people go to the emergency room because they go, <coughs> I got a cough, I'm going to the emergency room. You know why they go to the emergency room? Because they got to treat you and you don't have to pay. You walk out and they give you a bill, but you don't ever pay. They abuse the emergency room. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? I'm right. You go, what are you doing in the emergency room? Oh, I'm sick. I need pills. I, you know, thank God for the emergency room. But a lot of times the emergency room is filled up with people who are just kind of, hey, just helping themselves to free health care. That's another topic. But the church, though we are an emergency room for people who are wounded, battered, and scarred, listen, the purpose is to get you healed and get you back on your feet to be an investor and a helper of others who need us. Got to get a better amen. And the church is not a cruise ship for the saints. Woohoo! Man, we had church today. Woo, the Spirit fell all over me. I needed the Spirit on me. And we just, oh, we had such a good time. And, oh, I sensed the Holy Spirit in my life. And, man, it was great for me, myself and I. Ooh. That's the way a lot of people come to church. And if they don't feel that, they go, well, I'm going to another cruise ship. I'm in church service somewhere. Hey, we're not a cruise ship. We're a fishing vessel for sinners. It's work. Everybody say there's work involved. There's a la- there's a labor of, it's a labor of love. I built my mother-in-law a little 16 foot piece of fence, and I I took all my tools there the other day, and I said I'll do that. I didn't know that below the old fence somebody had poured a concrete footing. I was going to do it in two hours. It took me about a half a day because somebody poured a con, and I was bust I was busting up concrete, hit my toe with a big bar. It was not a pretty experience. But I was sweating, I was working, and I realized, man, there's more work here involved. Let me just tell you, there's more work involved in the church than you and I ever. It's not a cruise ship, it's a fishing vessel for sinners. Could I get a better amen? It's not a restaurant either. 
People come to churches like they're going to a restaurant. Oh, what do they have on the menu? Oh, it's that old gray-headed preacher. He tucks his shirts in. There's no spotlights that, that are blue. Well, there's some. Yeah, there's some. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. They go to churches like restaurants and what do you offer for what I give? Oh, you don't, you're not looking, you're not what I'm looking for. I'm going to go some, everybody say church is not a restaurant. It's a place where we work to expand God's kingdom in the earth. And so that's what we're talking about. The kingdom work ethic, ethic, the determination of God for all of his children is to be harmonious, to harmoniously work the work we've been created by him to accomplish within the governance and guidance of a local church body of believers for our greater good and God's ultimate glory. And Jesus was the greatest role model of this at all. When the disciples were getting hungry, how many of you get hungry in church? You go, oh, Lord, he's going to go long. I know he's going long. He's all, it's already 1151. I'm getting hungry. And the disciples got hungry and they were hungry. And, and all the multitude was there. And Jesus said, give them something to eat. And he, the, Jesus said, uh, you know, we're going to let them go. And so finally the disciples said, we're going to go get something to eat. They went and got something. And Jesus, they, they said, here, Jesus, you got to eat something. He said, no, my meat, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. How many of you just get irritated when people don't finish what they started to do? I struck a nerve this morning. I said, how many of you just get irritated when people say they're going to do something, but they don't follow through and finish? Could I tell you something today? From the old gray-headed preacher who tucks his shirt in still. They don't make those cool shirts for me. They don't. Because if you get one big enough to get around here, that thing's like a dress down here. There's no such thing. And I'm not spending $100 for a shirt. I can just tell you that right now. From the old gray-headed preacher who, hey, listen, the kingdom of God requires our effort and there is a work that still remains unfinished in Beaumont, Texas. It's going to take work. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. The church has a commission to accomplish and we're not done yet. Look at your neighbor. We're not done yet. We've just begun. Now, two great truths I want to give you. These are two things. And if I run out of time in a minute, I'll run out of time. But you got to get these two things. Uh, and they're in the kingdom work ethic is engaged. That is in, in activated in your life by two great truths from Ephesians. I'm going to show them to you. And that I read them to you, but I'm going to show them to you. The first one is this. We've been created by God for good works. That's why you were created. You were created by God for good works. Nothing more, nothing less. God created you to do good things for the kingdom of God. And if you're not busy doing good things for the kingdom of God, and, in that, and if that's not the priority of your life, you're in the right place this morning. Because, hey, coming to church every once in a while is not good works. Sometimes it's getting in the way. Oh, I'm getting cranky in my old age. I'm talking about work. I'm talking about effort. I'm not talking about a restaurant. I'm not talking about a cruise ship. I'm not talking about the emergency room. Hey, and if you need some emergency care, we'll jump on it. But brother, when it gets on you and the healing of God gets on you, you get up and get to work for the kingdom of God. Amen. I said, amen. 
You want me to rub your feet a little longer and you're healed? Get up. Rub somebody else's feet. Amen. Get out of the way. Get up. Do something. But hey, it's time to go to work. And there's a kingdom. We're created by God for good works. Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. And so everyone say, I've been created for good works. A lot of us all of our life, we've been up to shenanigans all our life. We don't know what it means to do something good for the kingdom of God. Amen. We got to learn what to do for the kingdom of God. That's why we were created is to benefit God and his kingdom in the earth. That's why you're still breathing on planet earth is because God has a work for you to accomplish. The, the other great truth is this. We are to be equipped by God's people for good works. Equipped for the task before us. Ephesians 4.11. He's given us the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists for the equipping of the saints. For the work of the ministry. A lot of people think the evangelist is, is here to go get people saved. According to my scripture, according to my Bible, he's here to equip the saints to do that. Amen. Oh, I thought the prophet's supposed to come and give everybody a prophetic word. And I go, whoo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No, he's here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I thought the pastor's here to go visit and help and heal and touch. Hey, I'll do that, but I'm here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Hey, you're not putting it all off on me. Come on now. I'll do my part, but we got to work this. It's when every part does his share that it causes the church to grow and get bigger and healthier and expand in the earth. That's what we're talking about kingdom expansion two great truths about the kingdom work work ethic everybody say i've been created to do good works for god everybody say i got to be equipped to do god's work and that's what we're here for that's what wednesday's for that's what youth ministry's for that's what everything we do is for to better equip you i think about all the things you guys do i've done this before you know brent turns valves and pushes buttons that could blow you up how many of you don't want to be blown up? You don't want me pushing those valves. You, you, you got to be trained for this. And listen, we come to church like it's, it's a restaurant. No, you got to get in the, in the cook. You got to get back in the back room and start learning how to cook the meal. Hello. Everybody says it's time to go to work. So those two great truths. And when you get a hold of those two great truths, and I'm going to go just a hair past, but I'm going to give you some good stuff today. Look at your neighbor. This is going to be good. We're working it out. Everybody say, we're working it out. Here we go. When that hits you, when you realize these two great truths, I've been created by God for good works, uh, and, and I'm to be equipped by God, uh, the people of God, to do these good works, it, it'll bring some realizations in your life. And here's four realizations that I want the, when you, the, the kingdom work ethic realize. When it hits you, everybody ever had anything, just hit them. OMG, you know, I, I got it now. Your kids ever just awaken to something? They realize, oh, if I don't clean my room, they're going to wear me out. OMG, I've, I've realized some things in life. Well, here's some things you'll realize once you grasp those two thoughts. That I've been created by God for good works. And that the church and the kingdom of God is here to equip me so I can better do those good works. Here's the four realizations that I see in Ephesians. Number one, it's a realization of ownership. You'll realize, hey... Here's what Ephesians 2.10 said. We are his workmanship, meaning he owns us. We are not our own. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not your own. Look at yourself and say, I'm not my own. I belong to God. In fact, the scripture teaches we are slaves of God. Hello. 
Now, we've lost that understanding by and large in America today. The reality that, hey, we are not our own. We belong to God and we are His slaves and we are to willingly serve Him. That means we are slaves for His service. I'm here to serve you. I've got, I'm a slave of God. Now, the cool thing about God, He doesn't treat us like a slave. He treats us like a son. In fact, we are sons and daughters of God, but we serve Him as slaves sacrificially and willingly, willingly laying our lives on the altar of sacrifice. If I had time, I'd go into Ephesians 6, verse 5 through 8, where he talked about slaves being obedient uh, as, as we would be obedient to God from the heart. You see, when you realize about the kingdom, I'm created to work, I'm created to do the work, I've got to be equipped to do the work, it, it hits you. I don't belong to myself. This world is not my own, it belongs to Him. And, and my future is in His hands. And I submit myself to His will. What did Jesus say? Uh, my meat is to do the will of Him who sent me. And to finish His work. You see, there's a lot of people, you don't want to go to heaven yet because there's a lot of things you want to do. Hey, th- that, that's the wrong mindset. We, want, we don't want to, Paul said, hey, I'm torn between the two. I want to go to heaven. I don't want to stay here. But it wasn't so I could, you know, you know go to Papado's a few more times. It's for the purpose of ministering to the saints. Amen. That realization of ownership. The second realization that ought to hit you once you embrace that you've been created for good works and that God wants to equip you for good works. The second realization is, is a realization of ordination. There's an ordaining of God over your life. He says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand. You see, understand something about your life. You are not an accident. You are not an oops. You're just not a number in this great cosmos called the universe. You are God's creation. And He has an ordination over your life. He has ordained you for something. He's ordained you to good works. That's the will of God for your life. Anything less, my friend, is not what God's looking for in your life. It's a realization of ordination. That means we're selected for this season. God chose you. Look at your neighbor and say, God chose you. You've been chosen by God. Well, uh, He chose you. You've been selected by God. Read through Ephesians. You'll find out there's a predetermined plan for your life. And he says he chose us before time. It says that, that passage of scripture, Ephesians 2.10, prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. A lot of, I, I'm trying to pop some bubbles, maybe some egos here today if I can do that. You know when some of, some of us do something for God? Can you see a slave going, look what I did. I carried out the trash. Man, I worked in VBS. I made flowers for the stage. Whoo! Like that was something out of the ordinary. It was out of the ordinary, but for God going... That's just the norm. It's just what we've been ordained to do. That's just who we are. It's just this 
Hey, and we look and we think, man, aren't I being a blessing to God? Well, you might be a blessing to God, but the real reality is you didn't select him. He selected you. Like God ought to be up in heaven going, oh, look, they're working for BBS. I'm so proud of them. Look what they've chosen to do. No, he's looking up there. Thank God some of them are finally getting it. No, he would just be, thank me for, I, he, God doesn't talk to himself like that, I don't think. Amen. So it's a realization of ownership, a realization of ordination. And when you get these two truths in you, it's a realization of oversight. You realize, hey, let me ask you this question uh, about work. It, wherever you work, hit it, I realization of oversight. There you go. Here we go. There it is. The realization of oversight. Wherever you work, you know what I feel like, what I know a lot of self-employed people are self-employed. You know why? Not because they're creative, just because they don't want nobody telling them what to do. But I've learned even in, 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 in being self-employed, there's always governance and oversight somewhere. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're self-employed, guess what? There are organizations and people, if you're a contractor and you're self-employed, there's some other people you're going to have to answer to. Understand something. When you realize that, hey, there's a kingdom work ethic that I've got to embrace. I've been created to work the work. I've been commissioned and called and ordained by God, and I'm supposed to be equipped for the work. That requires us uh, to understand that we are sheep in this thing, and sheep always need a shepherd. Somebody say, amen. We need other people in our life. He said, hey, he's given us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Listen, catch this right here with me. Understand this insight about being equipped. Uh, if, if, if you're not equipped, if, there, if, you're, if you take lightly your training, you will not be effectual in your calling. If you, if you are unfaithful in your training and allowing this investment of others to come flowing through your life, if you're not effective in the training, you'll be ineffectual in your calling. You'll be ill-prepared. You'll be, you'll be befuddled in life all along and, and you'll wonder what on earth am I here for it's because you've not been trained I thank God that 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 uh, these guys who work in the plants you know they look they don't touch the wed don't hit the wed button Lord Jesus don't hit the wed button you hit the wed button we're all in trouble that's the red button not the wed don't hit the wed one don't turn that up. Don't turn that knob. I thank God for that because, hey, they keep us safe. And listen, if they just sit around, twiddle their thumbs and don't listen and learn, somebody's going to hit the wed button because of a lack of training. Listen, if we're going to change the world, we've got to realize, hey, I've been created for good works. I've got to be equipped for good works. Therefore, I can't skip out. You can't read the cliff notes for the kingdom work ethic. Amen. All the sheep said, Amen. And number four, the fourth realization that ought to hit you when you realize I've been created for good works and I've got to be equipped for good works, it is this. It's the re re realization of opportunity. Paul said we've got to redeem the time. He's talking about the work ethic. For the days are evil. And, and he says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And redeem the time for the days are evil. What's he saying? We have a responsibility to be sober for the season that God has us to be in. We're to be sober and willing and ready to go to work and be busy about the Father's business. It's time to work it out. 
and go to work for the kingdom of God. And hey, when we do, glorious things begin to happen. I said glorious things begin to happen. Let me show you this quickly. The kingdom work ethic, when harmoniously exercised through God's people, always produces something wonderful. Let me show this to you today. When we start working it out, everybody say work it out. When we, when we work out this, this kingdom work ethic, and what, look what Paul said. He says, you, you're, you've been called to, do the, uh, to, to work according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Here's what begins to happen. It produces something. Number one, this work ethic worked out among us, all of us doing our part and doing our share. It produces something very good. I don't know about you. I think of what God, what did God say when he worked real hard and created the world? Oh, that's good. That's good. He saw the stars and the Whoo, I've outdone myself. But then he kept on and he, and he made humanity and he went, whoo, oh, oh, ah. He talked to himself. Nobody else talked to him. Maybe I don't know. He said, oh, that's very good. When God goes to work, there's always something very good that comes from it. There you are. I haven't looked at you all day. I'm so sorry. When God goes to work, there's something always very good. And when God goes to work through you, it should produce something and will produce something very good. And I want to come to the close of my life. And I'm getting there. Listen, I've realized more this past week that life is fragile. I'm 58 years old. My wife's about to be 59. Is that right? Yeah, she said, don't rush it. She said, don't rush it. And this happened so fast, I can't help it. I realized, did you know I'm, old? I'm, I'm, I'm over halfway over, folks? I may be two-thirds. Steve, he's in denial right now. He's never going to die. There's some truths in life. And if Jesus raptures us out of here, I'm going to die one day. You are too. We live in a terminal world. And I, when I come to the close of my life, should Jesus tarry, I want to be able to stand before him. And somewhere, some way, he look in my life and go, now oh, that was good. You did good. When we start working the work and working together and harmoniously through the impact of the local church and working together, it'd be cool. I, I'm, my divine ima- imagination has hit me afternoon. How could that happen? We all stand before God and He looks, oh, that's a church on the rock in the earth. Man, y'all did good. Thank you for bringing fresh water to the needy people of Mexico. Thank you for doing VBS and hundreds of kids get born again. It's good. It always produces something good. And when we work together, it produces growth. Look what he said in Ephesians 4.16. When every part does its share, it causes growth. That word growth means increase. Listen, God wants to increase us. Not just internally, but numerically. How many of you know every, every seed is a person? And according to Scripture here, if we'll begin to work together and every part do its share, the church will begin to grow. It'll bring increase. 
when we work it out. It'll bring something good. It'll bring growth. And it'll bring glory to God. It'll bring glory in the house. In fact, Paul the Apostle, when talking about the church, he said in chapter 3, verse 21 of Ephesians, to Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. That's us. Forever and ever. Amen. You know how God gets glory in the church? Oh, there's a lot of ways. When, you know, I, oh, Him, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. But let me tell you something. God's greatest glory is not when we sing about Him, but when we go to work for Him. Come on now. God's greatest glory is the church fulfilling the business that He started. Because He get, I'm, hey, if you get irritated when people don't finish what they said they would do, I believe God gets irritated when He looks at the church and, and we're in neutral and out of gear and unengaged in the work of God. His greatest glory is when we put our shoulder to the plow in harmony with the family of God in the local church and accomplish what He's called us to do. Amen? It's time to involve ourselves. It's time to invest ourselves. It's time to invite our friends. And let's go to work. It's the second half of 2014. Let's stand up together. Let's commission ourselves to the work of the Lord. Let's commission ourselves to this moment of opportunity where we can put our shoulder to the plow with the family of God. It's Hey, you know a lot of people try to do their thing. They have an individualized understanding of kingdom business. Listen, when God wanted something done, He designed a family. He said, I'll be the father, you be the family of faith. A lot of people have their own dreams and their own visions about what they believe the king. Listen, the kingdom of God and the growth of the kingdom is found through the commitment of family in the local church. So I want to encourage you to connect, commit, involve, invest, and invite. Let's go to work together. Let's do this thing. Let's don't miss our chance to see God do something good through us. Let's don't miss the opportunity for a kingdom growth. And certainly, Lord, help us. Let's don't miss our chance in this life to give God all the glory. Bow your heads with me today. I'm going to pray for you. Beverly and I have been pretty much busy about the Lord's work all of our married life and even before. We are not chucking the towel today. We put our shoulder to the plow. We've got to link together with one another. We've got to do this thing. Our new staff members, Michael and Lyric, they need you, you need them. We're at a moment of opportunity to see our long-term efforts be multiplied in our midst. But now's not the time to check out or back up or unplug. 
We need to be in more involved today, more invested today, more invitational today than ever before. I boldly challenge you to invite your friends to church next Sunday. I boldly challenge you and, and beseech you, if you want to use a King James word, to invite your neighbor's kids to vacation Bible school. I boldly challenge you to invest your life and your resources in something that is eternal for the kingdom of God. Father, today I thank you for the opportunity to work this work. I thank you, Lord God, for this church that is here today because people who labored before us built this church and we came in and we entered into their labors. Now, Lord, we realize that others need to come and enter into our labors. And so we pray, God, the heart of a kingdom worker would be set up in all of us. Lord, I know you're on the lookout for laborers. And so today, I pray, Lord, the laborer in all of us. We begin to put our shoulder to the plow and realize we've got to finish the work that God's called us to do. You've called us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To do your kingdom business. Work the work that you've called us to do. And finish what you've called us to do here in this life. We thank you for it today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never really committed yourself to follow Him, you may have had some kind of religious experience, but no life change. Today you can begin a life change you're here today and you need some things to change in your life and you want to invite Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the leader of your life and to get in the middle of the work of the Lord, I want you to lift your hand wherever you are and say, that's me. Just boldly, i got to say it. I need Jesus in my life to do some changes in my life. Anyone here? You're here today and you've given your life to Christ, but you know you're not serving Him in the work that He's called you to work in. You know you've been fudging and thinking it's all about you when in reality the reason you're here, still here is for somebody else. And today you're challenged and convicted to get busy about the work of the Lord and realize everybody's not here to serve you, but you're here to serve. If that's you today, wherever you are, I'm going to pray for you. I wouldn't ask you to lift your hand. All I want, to, I want you to do is get busy doing the work of the Lord because when we all work together in harmony, the church begins to grow. When every part does its share say well I, I need to find where I fit why don't you get somewhere and let God make you fit let his chisel go to work in your life let him change some things with you Father I pray for this church family that the, that the kingdom work ethic would be birthed in this room today Lord that you would birth in the hearts of everyone here all over again Lord a whole new effort of working and, and, and energy for kingdom business for your glory and the church's benefit do it today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Let's, let's give the Lord of the harvest a great big God bless you. Let him know we love him today. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Woo! Everyone say, Involve, invest, and invite. Get busy doing that. Amen. God bless you. Love somebody.